All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Better late than never. Welcome. It's my I like really like the back milk shower. I like that. Bag milk. This is Ceases. 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 Coming to get ya. Ceases. Tyler, your rem check is so fucking sexy. Yes, he is. Ceases. It's my favorite. Better late than never. It is so fucking sexy. It is sexy. Welcome, everybody. Episode five, Better Late Than Never. I'm Bag Milk. We got a lot to get to. I've got a car- uh, an interview with Caroline Jbed coming up. We talked about all kinds of things. We talked about her career in sports, her love of rescuing animals. That's coming up in a little bit. We've got an Oilers game tonight, so I'm going to try and crank this out before that starts. It's at a 5 o'clock start. We're recording here just before 4 o'clock. A lot to get to here. But first, got to say thank you to our friends at Arcadia Brewing. They are the title sponsor on this here podcast, and we love them. I need you to go check out everything that they do on Twitter and Instagram at Arcadia Brew Co. or Arcadia Brewing Co. on Instagram. I'm going to have a little bit of a contest for you coming up after we get to the news. Welcome to the news. Bagmilk reporting live from West Edmonton. It is fucking cold outside. Just in Jasper. 
Had a great weekend with the team. Turn that down. All right, welcome to the news. First thing I want to talk about, I got to pump our tires here. You guys know that we love cranking out content at Oilers Nation, and that meant we got a traffic record in January. The all-time traffic record at Oilers Nation came in January. Very, very proud of the crew. Very proud of everybody that produces content. And all of you, I just want to say thank you for reading because this was the best month the website has ever had. I'm just super pumped about it, you know? I think that is, it takes a lot of work to get as much traffic as we did coming into the website. And I just, I'm super excited about what we did. I'm super excited that all of you keep reading this stuff, keep checking it out. And I'm just, I'm really, really grateful. That's how grateful I am. That's what I think, right? Next thing up, we're looking at the Oilers. We're talking about the Oilers. They just wrapped up a four-game win streak. I mean, the team they lost to is a little bit of a, well, you know, you know how it goes. They lost to the Ottawa Senators. After, Frank, drop. My dog is eating something. I don't know what it is right now. Frank, drop it. Nobody. Go to your house. Go on. What is that? What do you got, pal? I'm trying to record a podcast here. Normally, I kind of, normally I lock, I put Frank in his kennel for the time that I'm recording this podcast. But today, I kind of forgot because I'm in a rush and my phone's going off. I've got everything on silent except I forgot to turn off the massive notifications on my laptop. So you guys are all trying to distract me, including Frank, who's chewing on some kind of cardboard. I don't know. Anyway, the Oilers had a four-game win streak, big wins against the Flames, against the Predators specifically, Vancouver, and they just absolutely dummied Montreal when we were down there in Jasper. Carolina and I are going to recap the the Jasper Pond Hockey Tournament. Team Oilers Nation finished third, won the bronze. You take that every time. In other news, the Oilers put uh, Slater Cuckoo on waivers this week. And I was a little bit surprised by that one. But at the same point, Willie Lags dropped the mitts against Tim Stutzler the other night. And maybe that's all you need. Hey, a little bit of a scrap. But obviously, the big news for the week was the Evander Kane press conference. He came in, officially signed up with the Oilers. And why did he come to Edmonton? Well. And why did you ultimately choose the Oilers? Uh, well, I ultimately chose the Oilers um, just because of the weather. <laughs> guys got jokes you know guys got jokes so the press conference was not overly popular with some people um i'm not going to go too far into it he's an oiler now why re why rehash and re dig is that a word i don't think so why rehash things that I have no control over? I gave my piece a couple of weeks ago, the last couple of weeks on Oilers Nation Radio, on Real Life, and on this one. I just don't know that I need to go over it again. So, Vander Kane scores in his first game, had a very quiet game against Ottawa. So, that was what ended the losing, or the winning streak, I should say, the Ottawa Senators. Of course, somehow they did. So, let's just get to a couple of clips from that one. I'm going to go to Darnell Nurse first, who his, descri- his description of why they lost was pretty interesting to me. I think we could have probably had another another step up in in our effort, um, especially in 
you know, the, the middle of that game. Um, but I mean, with that said, found a way to get a point. We haven't been uh, doing that much lately, so we found a way to get a point, and you know, we go on to, to Washington, a really good uh, formal opponent. That is the thing. Like, So what I appreciate about Daryl there is that he said, listen, we didn't play great, but we still got a point. Matt Murray stole the show again, and I don't know why he keeps doing that against the Oilers, but that's where we're at. Do I like it? No. What did Dave Tippett have to say? They make you work, and they make you play fast. They make you execute un- with, you know, under pressure. So you need people to make plays under pressure. We need people to make plays under pressure. And the Oilers have a lot of pressure right now. They need guys to make plays, right? Right. Of course. Of course. Didn't didn't finish. Yeah, didn't finish. Had some opportunities that you got to... This league, first one to three usually can win. We didn't get the three. They did. It is. It's a little bit annoying that they did lose to the Ottawa Senators, but it is what it is. You know, it's. I'm not going to sit here and waste a bunch of time on it and worry about it. But um, what can you say? What can you say? Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Why are you so pissy? Well, I'm pissy because the Oilers lost twice in a row to the Ottawa Senators after beating them nine times. Although I will say to the Ottawa Senators' credit, their grudge game was excellent. They came into this season with a grudge game that was superior to that of the Oilers. And sometimes you just got to tip your cap, I suppose. Right? Right. And if you got one of those t-shirts from this day... Why are you so pissy? I'm happy to report these will be shipping this week. There's a lot of them that have to go out. Once you guys get them, I would love to see what it looks like when you're actually wearing it. Also, let me know how I sound this week. I got a, I stole a different microphone from the office. Tyler Ramchuk's going down to Vegas, so he took the stand, the handheld one. I took one of the daddy microphones. I've also got a, a little mic stand here, so I can use my hands. You can't see me because this is an audio-only podcast, but I'm waving my hands around. I'm very expressive. Very, very expressive. As I mentioned, I'm going to have an interview with Caroline Javed coming up, so we're going to get to that in a second. But first, before we do, I've got a contest for you. My friends at Arcadia Brewing, they've got three prize packs to give away, and I'm going to make this as simple as possible. But you're going to have to be a listener of this podcast to know what I'm talking about. I've got three prize packs to give away. I'm just going to pick three random folks. You can enter on Twitter. You can enter on Instagram. And this is how you do it, okay? This is going to be as easy as it gets, right? Right. What you need to do is go follow Arcadia on both on each platform, whatever one you're entering. If it's on Twitter, it's Arcadia Brew Co. If it's on Instagram, it's Arcadia Brewing Co. What I need you to do is follow them and tag me on their most recent post. Okay? I'm going to give you a little bit of a hint here. On Twitter, they're talking about the $5 pints of Coliseum Blonde. Right? So if you just go like that post, retweet it, and tag me underneath it, you are entered to win one of the prize packs. On Instagram, like the post, follow them, Tag me in it. it. This one is for Marvel Trivia. They're doing Marvel Trivia on Monday, February 7th at 7.30. $10 team, one of four players per team. Tag me in that. Like the post. Tag me in it. Follow Arcadia. Okay? That's probably about as easy as a contest can get for a podcast, right? I'm not asking for a whole lot. Just a little bit of your time and a little bit of your social. That's it. I'm going to pick three random winners, and I'm going to announce them on the podcast next week. Who wins the Arcadia prize packs? If you want more details about what's going on, go to Arcadia Yeg. 
Arcadia Yeg. That's Y-E-G, everybody. I just confirmed that is the website. Good? Good. Okay, my guest today on Better Late Than Never, she is the host of the giant pregame show, Leafs Nation Radio, Points Bet Minutes, Fantasy Minutes, and anything else we can convince her to do. <laughs> Caroline Jved, welcome. Very, very, very grateful you're here with me this morning. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? When I got the invite, I was even more grateful. I'm happy to be here. What's up, everyone? Well, this is just one of those ones where we get to sit and bullshit for a little bit. And I sent you a list of topics that I wanted to chat about this morning. And we got some questions from Twitter. So the first thing we're going to jump into, Caroline, is we were just down in Jasper this past weekend for the pond hockey tournament at the beautiful Jasper Park Lodge put on by Tourism Jasper. It was a great event. Everybody was so great. The weather ended up perfect, which is shocking because now it's so cold again in Edmonton. It's just terrible. So let's jump into the hockey tournament a little bit. You you were doing some hosting. You did the giant pregame show down there. You were covering things for us on social. What was your take on the tournament? I thought it was awesome. I mean, immediately. So it was my first time in Jasper. I've been to Banff. I've been to Canmore. And I always hear from everybody that Jasper is the best, the best one of them all. That's so what I think. I, yeah. So when I got there and, and obviously staying at the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge, it was unbelievable. As soon as we got there, we see like wildlife on the premise, which for me, I always say like, I'm the mother of all animals. So immediately I'm like, oh, this is home. I'm meant to be here. So I, I would just from the get, I was blown away. And I think there's always just something different about the mountains here in Alberta. Like I Mm -hmm. love Alberta so much and the air it's crisp and you just feel healthy. I don't know. I just love the entire experience of going to the mountains. Uh, and yeah, just being there with the Oilers nation team, talking to the, on the bench guys who are absolutely freaking awesome. Like they are so funny, nice, kind. Uh, it was just such a cool experience. I'd interviewed them once on the NHL red carpet, uh, a few years back. I don't remember the year that Taylor Hall wore that burgundy suit. Oh yeah. That was, uh, that was the year after he got traded. Yeah. Cause he won the MVP that year. Yeah. Yes. Good so that, that was, yeah, it was so funny. I was interviewing the, on the bench guys. And then like, I just see some like crazy burgundy suit guy walk by. I'm like, Oh, it's Taylor Hall. So that's why I remember that. Uh, so they were, it was just a cool experience to actually get to know them this time, obviously with Oilers nation. So cool to interview them and hang out with you guys. You guys are hilarious. I remember that one night we went to the pyramid. Was it called pyramid Lake? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Pyramid yeah. Lake to play some pond hockey at night. You guys are so freaking funny when we were when we were in the car. Just all the the guys are funny because from in in a, in a twenty minute car ride, all the conversations you guys had within twenty minutes. It's so <laughs> amusing as a woman to listen to it all because guys' brains go everywhere. Where I feel like girls just talk about one thing. Uh, you guys are all just awesome. It was really cool to to spend the weekend with you all and. Yeah, the, the the pond hockey tournament was unreal. Like, what a place to you, you want to talk about context and the visuals and and some competitive juices going. I feel like that weekend checked off all the boxes. Hey, it was really really well done. This was the second outdoor tournament that I've got to play in with Oilers Nation, and the crew in Jasper did such a great job in setting up the ponds yeah. on Lake Mildred keeping them clear, making sure that everybody was taken care of the players lounge. That was right there. There was fires everywhere. There was always music going on. It was just the vibes and the atmosphere around this tournament were incredible. So you mentioned the, on the bench boys. One of my favorite things was you hosted a hot stove with them. First thing when we got there on Friday night Yeah, and you said, do you want to see the questions ahead of time? And they're like, don't even bother me with this. 
And then they just had the room laughing. And I got a great picture of you that's up on the Oilers Nation Instagram where you're just, you asked them something and they were in full character and they just, they just had the room and stitches. It was just a really great kickoff to the tournament. So I love that they said that obviously with my prior experience, um, sometimes when you sit down with athletes, professional athletes, you kind of give them the run of show just so that they're prepared and they're comfortable. And you kind of quickly get to know them in that two minutes before you do an interview. Um, but one of my favorite parts about covering the WWE is that you'd get these superstars or athletes, whatever you'd like to call them, and they'd be in character, right? So when you're talking to the Miz, <laughs> the Miz, the Miz is known to be this like super sarcastic. He, he, he's not like too friendly. He wants to give you a hard time. So next thing you know, I'm interviewing the Miz, who's an extreme character and giving me a hard time. And it gave me an opportunity to do something really cool as a, as a reporter or, or an on-air personality to kind of give it back to him. And it's nice because you're on your toes, right? You don't necessarily know each question and you don't get your necessarily like your media trained answer. So when the, on the bench guys were like, yeah, no, don't even tell us we're, we're just going to, you know, answer with what comes to mind. I'm like, this is kind of going to feel like inner interviewing the WWE people, which is what I loved doing so much. So their answers were hilarious. My favorite one is, uh, you know, when I asked them, um, who their favorite NHLer was for content. And they went off about Brock Besser and how they loved Brock Besser and they, the NHL terms, like he's such a beaut and, um, yeah. And then, you know, Oli at some point, he's like, what's your name, Michelle? And I just think that stuff is so funny. <laughs> I think that stuff is so funny. And it's so cool as the person interviewing because you chill out too, right? Like you, it doesn't yeah. feel like it's a, it's, it's pressure. You don't feel like people are watching. You don't feel like you have to have this super perfect contrived question and answer. It was just such a cool experience. And those guys are really, really good at their job. Like really good because yeah, you're right. The whole room was laughing. I mean, everyone there was paying attention. I could tell you from my point of view that everyone there was watching. And I think that's a really positive and and encouraging sign that the conversation that was being had was engaging and fun and informative in whatever way you wanted to get your information. (laughs) Conversation went every angle possible, but just such a good group of guys, I have to say. All in all, it was, like I said, it was such a great kickoff to the tournament. Those yeah. guys were so funny. It was fun to hang out with them. And just the, from my perspective, what was fun with those two boys was you would talk to them and you'd be having a serious conversation. I was talking to them about just what it was like during the pandemic and traveling and events and what that must have been like for them. And we're having a serious conversation, but then we would go out and play when we went out to Pyramid Lake and then they would flip back into character and they're yelling at me and just like weird stuff coming out of their mouths again. And I was just like, this is just the weirdest thing ever. And I loved it. Good news is Team Oilers Nation wrapped up the tournament with a bronze medal win. Finished up at three and one. We, you know, we, we, we got the job done. That's what we went there to do. Obviously promote, but get the job done as well. <laughs> Caroline, you mentioned interviewing players. You, int- you played sports yourself. Mm-hmm. You went to college and played soccer. Yeah. Where'd the love of sports come from for you? For me, my love of the Oilers, as an example, came from when I was a little kid. My dad used to work for the city of Edmonton. And every now and then he would get tickets kicked to him. They would do raffles or something like that. So yeah. I always really, really looked forward to going to the Oilers. And it was special to do it with my brother and my dad. And it just kind of carried over. Never thought I'd be calling myself bag milk as I'm pushing 40. <laughs> but that's a different story entirely. So where did your love of sports come from? Yeah, so um. 
I grew up in obviously a very traditional European household. Both my parents were born in Poland. My brother was born in Poland as well. I was the only one born in Toronto, Canada. So growing up, the sports that were on TV were European sports. It was always like cross-country skiing or ski jump or volleyball or handball or soccer. Like they're just very European sports. And um, I always, my dad would always be watching soccer. With that being said, my dad also always watched the Leafs growing up. So I'd always do things with my dad when my dad was my sports guy. Um, so I'd watch hockey growing up. I never played hockey. Um, but then one time I just, one year I decided I want to play soccer. I was 10 years old and I got really good at it. And by the time I was 14, 15, I was on the junior national team. I don't know how that happened. I just, I chalked that up to like, it was in my dad's genetics. And then I just happened well, you're a hustler is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was, but you know what, when you say that bag milk, I was absolutely insane. Like there's, you know, when people say they're obsessed, I was obsessed. My walls were covered in soccer pictures. I had one of those like retractable leashes where you put the soccer ball in it and walking to school, I would always like do a left foot, right foot, like keep up touch on the retractable leash because I was nuts. And I'm like, any spare time I have, I need to practice my craft. And then, um, you know, constantly watching games and listening to interviews. Like I was just any way I can consume or play or work on my skills. Um, I, I would use any free time I had to do that. So then, yeah, I, I, I was absolutely in love with soccer went to go play in the U17 World Cup in New Zealand. And then from there, got a, you know, a, a scholarship to go play in the U.S. And it was between West Virginia University and the University of Florida. I love Florida more than anything. I was like, that was my number one choice. But I realized that if I went there, I would be really far away from home. And, and I'm, I was 17 years old and I'm so close with my family that I'm like, I'd never see them. Whereas West Virginia University was probably a five and a half hour, uh, car ride from Toronto. So my parents cool. could see me frequently. Right. Yeah. And I think that in my entire collegiate career, my parents made every single home game except for one, because it landed on a Wednesday and they couldn't swing it with work. So my parents are just like the most incredible people and always came to support me. And it was just a really cool experience, but, uh, yeah, I ended up having three knee surgeries. So couldn't play after the third knee surgery. My doctors were like, you have to stop playing any type of competitive sports or you'll be like with a cane, walking with a cane for the rest of your life. So um, I had to hang up the cleats, but that's what pushed me to get, you know, my journalism, my master's degree in journalism and pursue sports on the other side of things. And yeah, and then here I am. It's just, it was crazy. Sports have always been a big part of my life. And since I was young, I've always been outside and playing with the boys and I'd come home from school. We didn't have a lot of money growing up. So I'd come home. My parents would buy me these new pair of jeans and I'd come home after a day of school with all like of these ripped like holes in my jeans and grass stains. Cause I'd be playing soccer. Sure, my sure. mom was like, you're done. She's like, I'm done buying you jeans. Like you're going to keep wearing these ones. And I was just like, whatever. <laughs> it's just, you know, one of those girls and um, yeah, it just, runs I think it runs in my blood and I just happened to be good at soccer and went from there and and now any way I can stay in sports I'll always try to so was that a plan that you kind of had in mind before was getting into reporting on sports or did it only come after you had to kind of stop your dream of playing soccer it's such a good question so up until third year university I was so shy still to this day an introvert but a massive introvert 
um, in high school, I'd say I, I was so scared to talk to anyone, talk to people on the phone. And I think that knee injury, that third one, which happened to be my third year of university really pushed me out of my shell. Um, and I was like, I want to be on TV and interview people. When my friends and family were like, how you don't like talking to people. Not that I didn't like it. I was just afraid. I was very, very like my anxiety would start racing. And, uh, I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And that it's why I'm very grateful for that injury. And I'm very grateful for my soccer career to have ended because it kind of pushed me to my next, it pushed me out of my comfort zone and into another, you know, chapter of my life. Cause without that injury, I wouldn't have felt the need to kind of, you know, progress and evolve and transform whatever you want to call it. So um, it was really when I lost soccer that I was like, okay, if I have, if this is completely out of my control and I've lost something that, you know, it was my, it was the biggest love of my life. I spent every single minute of my life when I had a free time worrying about soccer and stressing about soccer and, and trying to be the best at what I do that when it was taken away from me, I was like, I have to somehow feel, you know, that, competitive drive in something else. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to do my master's and I'm going to find a way to be on TV. And so many people were like, your job, the, the job you want is one in a million. And I'm, I, I didn't let that stop me. I was like, okay, I'll be the one in a million who gets it. So I was just crazy. Um, all in all, I'm, I'm, I'm an absolute psychopath and yeah, I, I did. <laughs> and I'm grateful for it though, because now I'll talk to anyone, anyone who's on the street. I'm like, Hey, what's up? Talk to me. You have a dog. Oh my God. What's your dog's name? Like I'm too much now. So it's just really cool to see Caroline in high school versus Caroline, uh, you know, when she was 26 or 27 and, and, you know, got that dream job that she wanted Two completely different people in terms of social skills and, you know, uh, wanting to talk to people and even where I saw my life going, life's very interesting. So yeah, it's been pretty cool. Well, it's funny because I'm just thinking now we've only known each other. I mean, it's coming up almost a year yeah. from when you start at the nation, but I too am deeply introverted, except I never got the switch flipped where I want to talk to people. So I always <laughs> find it funny because you do a really good job of when I'm irritated or annoyed about something, you always know right off the jump. And I feel like that's, I think there's a part of it there. Well, I feel like I there's a part of it there. I think you and I were empathetic. I think that goes a long way. And I think when you're an introvert, um, and I still am to this day. That's a big thing about me. Uh, I can go and host an entire one week of 24 hours a day talking to people. But when I'm home, I'll need probably 48 hours to recharge, whether that's books, uh, watching my favorite Netflix show, being in bed all day, I need to recharge and really not talk to anyone. Because that's the introvert part of me that needs time for me. Um, and I always know when maybe someone's under stress or there's a lot on their plate, or they're maybe in a situation where they're like, oh, this isn't going to be fun. I feel like I can relate because I've been there. And sometimes till this day, I'm still there. Uh, but yeah, introverts, we, we, we need our time to recharge. And I think that when things start to get really stressful, we, we kind of need to take a step back and breathe. Uh, and I love being an introvert. That's, you know, that's one part of myself that maybe not a lot of people see or know about me, but it's, um, I need a lot of me time. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think, you know, this day and age, we've been taught that being selfish is a bad thing, but when it comes to like your own self-care and, mm -hmm. and, you know, prioritizing what you need, being selfish is probably the most important thing. And, and obviously in, in a healthy boundaries, but yeah, uh, I think you and I, maybe we're empathetic and are when I, when I sense that, you know, maybe something's off. I'm like, I got it. You've done it so many times for me where you've called me. You're like, how are you? You know, just checking in. And, and I think that you're the sweetest for that. So whenever I can return the favor, I do.
as somebody who has jumped to the front of the camera, gotten to report about sports, gotten to live that life. Do you have any advice for any other girls or women that may be dreaming of working in that space or already coming up? Is there something that you could kind of point to and, and lead them down the road to being able to get to that dream as well? I love this question. Uh, yeah, you know, I always tell anyone who messages me on Instagram, I try and answer as many messages as possible coming from, you know, J school students, especially women. I'm like, you, you just got to be yourself, you know, um, ask the questions you want to ask and don't change your personality and don't change who you are just for a job or, um, the situation or the context, be confident in who you are. I think that's a big one for women in the broadcast industry. And I love seeing more women on the panel, uh, talking about hockey, talking about sports, women being put in a position of power that makes me so, so happy. It's just being confident, knowing your worth and knowing that you're there for a reason and you got picked to do that job for a reason. So I would just say, always be authentic to yourself and confidence. I think those two are huge, huge, you know, um, assets that women have and, and, and anyone, uh, even if they're men who want to go into the industry, just you're, you're there and you have a unique skill set and, you know, keep using that to your advantage. Another passion of yours. I got to meet the very famous cash this weekend. Yeah, I wanted to be his friend. He didn't so much want to be my friend. I understand. But where did that love, where did your love of animal rescue come? Because I didn't even know that this was something that you were passionate about. And then we ended up again, connecting on it a little bit when I launched my Frank's picks clothing line, which the profits are all going to the Edmonton humane society. And then that kind of kicked off some other conversations that we've had. So where did that come That Where did that one come from? So Cashy, please don't feel cash. Um, at the pond hockey tournament, uh, I brought him out. And the thing with cash is that he loves people, but when he sees something that he wants, which were the pucks on the ice, he did want the pucks. He was laser focused. Like this dog, <laughs> there could be bears running at us at all angles and cash would not care because his eyes would be on the puck. So it got to the point where I had to bring him back to the room because he was just, he was screeching and shaking because he wanted the puck and we couldn't give him. I mean, I got him one, but he wanted like the 40 others on the ice. Of course. So <laughs> he was just laser focused with the pucks, which is a cash thing. He's, you know, he's a, I always say the most special and unique dog. Uh, but yeah, I am, I'm nuts about adopting animals or rescuing or even um, understanding the importance of doing so. Cause I rescued cash when he was two months old from West Virginia, Charleston, West Virginia. So he's a little American. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I drove to the shelter one day. I had this urge. It was Friday. I was at work and I'm like, I'm going to clock out and take half a day. And I drove three hours <laughs> to the shelter. And I, I don't know. It was just like such a, I felt like I had to. And I wanted an older dog, but to get to the older dogs, you had to go through the puppy section and all these little puppies are barking and happy, you know, loving life. And Cashy um, was in his like crate cage thing. And he was so sick. His nose was pressed up on the cage and he had dried mucus and he looked so sad and just lethargic. So I said to the guy, I'm like, what's wrong with this dog? And they said, he's not doing well. He's only two months old and we don't necessarily think he's going to make it. And I'm like, okay, well, that's my dog. So, uh, they were like, well, we can't give him to you today because he needs to be neutered because that's a rule in, in, the humane societies that the dogs that you get have to be spayed or neutered. And I was like, he's not going to make him make it. If you put him under anesthesia, I was like, let me take him. And I promise you once he's healthy, I will get him neutered. So I had to like sign this document that I would do that. I stayed there for four hours arguing with everyone. I'm like, I'm not leaving without this dog. Our mom instincts already kicked in. 
So they gave Cashy to me. I remember on the entire car ride home, he was coughing, sneezing, dripping mucus. I'm like, mm, this dog is not in good shape. Uh, went home. I had, a, I, I, I had a crate set up and I put him in the crate. Cause I'm like, okay, I got a crate train him. And the entire night he was not doing well. And I'm like, oh man, like what if he doesn't make it? So then I brought him into my bed and he slept with me for the first two months of his life, like right on my neck. Like he, I think he just needed like motherly love. So he's, and I think that was our biggest moment of bonding. Like we really, really bonded during those months. He was on several medications for pneumonia, for bronchitis, for worms, for everything you can imagine. So I think he was on those for about five months. He was completely cured, but then those medications, since they were so strong, it stopped the growth of his teeth. So his teeth got stuck in his gums and they started rotting and he wasn't eating. He wasn't drinking. He was in a lot of pain. So the vet was like, you have to remove all of his teeth or he'll die from infection. So I had his teeth removed, um, obviously, which was the best thing for him. And now knock on wood, he's six years old and has no problems. His tongue hangs out all the time because he has no teeth. Um, but he's the happiest, most loved dog. And I think what Cash's journey taught me was, you know, maybe if I didn't come into that shelter that day, he would, who knows how long he would have lived, but I took Mm -hmm. a chance on him. And in turn, he's completely changed my life. Like, He's been with me through everything. He's taught me so many lessons of just love and patience and empathy and responsibility and compassion. And, and I wouldn't trade that entire experience for the world. Even if God forbid he didn't live to be six years old, I wouldn't have regretted the experience at all because the moment I saw him, I was like, I love you. And it's just, it was just the most incredible experience. And I encourage people to go and check out the shelters because they'll not only um, save a life or give a dog a second, third, fourth chance or an animal for that matter, but they will get back like the biggest reward ever. It's just such a mutually beautiful relationship and experience that I think everyone needs to at least consider it. Before I had Frank and everybody at Weathers Nation knows about Frank, but if you've been around long enough, people may remember my dog Bentley that I used to always post. So it's funny that you kind of talked about getting a senior because my old dog, her name was Bentley. And I too had to remove all her teeth. She was a senior. When I got her, she was a retired breeding dog and I didn't have her very long, but just like you said, it's just brought her home kind of have to do the, the bonding thing. I had to leave her alone for a bit, but then eventually she starts wandering over a little bit, starts sleeping with me, the whole thing. So rescuing a dog, it, it will change your life. Yeah. And it's incredible. So uh, go check out the Edmonton Humane Society. They've always got animals available. Check out Frank's Picks Gears, all the profits from that going to the Humane Society. And just as I'm talking about it, I had a goal, Caroline, for the year. I was going to do it all season long, which I still am of raising 500 bucks. That was my season goal. People from the nation are so incredible that we flew past that very, very quickly. So now I'm trying to figure out a new goal for what I want for Frank's picks. But anyway, check it out. Links in my bio if you want or are interested in that. Caroline, I took a bunch of questions on Twitter for you since you were jumping on. And I got a couple here that I want to get to. This one comes in from Mark. Not hockey related, but since you played the game, in your expert opinion, what do you think of Canada's men's national team chances at the World Cup? This also fits because at Oilers Nation, we're going to be doing a little bit of World Cup coverage as well. I'm excited about that. Give a little bit of different flavor of content. What's your take on that? Oh my gosh. I'm so, first of all, the women winning gold at the Olympics was incredible. Amazing. So That game was uh, so exciting. 
you know, so I was just like, already, I'm like, wow, this is huge for Canadian soccer. And then now all of a sudden the men's doing, making history, right? Like beating Mexico for the first time since the eighties in a world cup qualifier. And the same thing with the U S and now hopefully tonight secure their first birth into the world cup since the eighties, they're just making so much history that it makes me so happy for this nation because um, soccer, I think will now start to be a lot more appreciated. Uh, and not that it wasn't in the past, it's just never been on the radar. Right. But now with like our professional Toronto FC team, and hopefully there's a women's team that comes with that and the Canadian women's team doing so well, and the men hopefully qualifying. I'm so happy. The team, this, this team is the best men's team that I've seen since at least I was alive, the way they pass the ball, the way that they counterattack, the way that they've been defending from the goalkeeper to, to the top line. I'm just super, super impressed. And I think that they played a really good game against the U S actually. So I think that they're going to qualify knock on wood. And I think that if they get into, into the world cup, I actually think that they'll surprise a lot of people. I feel like once I see the group stages, they might be my dark horse. I'm not necessarily saying that they're, they're the team that wins it all. Well, but if they do, I mean, I'd be so obviously happy. Sure. Of course, um, yeah. But I think that they're going to be, they're going to surprise people just because of the way that they can defend and counter. And especially if Alfonso Davies comes back for that, for the tournament, I think that starts in November for the world cup. Uh, I think that a lot of people are going to be surprised with this Canadian team. I just think that right now we have to enjoy the moment and enjoy what, like what this means for Canada overall and, and the development of the sport. Uh, I, I just feel like there's so much to be excited about and, Tonight they play, uh, I believe they play El Salvador tonight. So uh, I'm just pumped because I feel like today's going to be like a big day for Canada soccer because my fingers are crossed that they're going to qualify. I also, so you know me, I'm not like, I'm not a huge soccer person, but I'm absolutely going to watch everything. But what I'm excited about, about this is I think you're hundred percent right that this is going to grow the game in Canada and soccer is such a low barrier to entry sport for people that if more kids are out playing sports and can play soccer and get together in a team environment and do that, it's only going to be beneficial for everybody, whether that's fitness, mental health, or anything yeah. in between. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. I think it's important that kids have that kind of outlet to play team sports. Uh, this one comes in from our, our friend Ryan Pike down at flamesnation.ca. How the hell did Oilers Nation con you into joining the nation? Oh my goodness. So I I mean, everyone at Nation knows that I was brainwashed by Mike, my fiance, to become an Edmonton Oilers. Oh, fan. we're gonna get there. Yeah, we joke. We Mike always says he put me in a headlock. And um, you know, he just uh kept saying Edmonton Oilers, Edmonton Oilers, and then downstairs he would put flash lights on in the basement and blare like loud heavy metal music until I officially <laughs> became Edmonton, an Edmonton Oilers fan but no I, it was so cool the one day I met I met Jay I got the best vibe from Jay he was just so genuine and cool and I was like what they've done here with Oilers Nation is so you know Big Milk we've talked about it the fact that you guys were able to grow everything that you have is so impressive and what I love the most about it is the community of people behind it. Like, it's just, it, it feels like a family. Um, and I wanted to make sure that the next thing that I did uh, was genuine and authentic and fun and, and family-based. And, and I feel like this was Oilers Nation. And, you know, I'll never forget the feeling of when that video that came out of me joining Oilers Nation, the amount of love and support and appreciation that I felt from the Oilers Nation community online I've never felt that in my entire career. So I was just, it, from the get, I felt welcomed. I felt 
like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm a part of a really cool team uh, and an awesome team who does awesome work. So it was just, you know, no one, no one forced me to do anything. I was so happy and proud to be joining this team just because of the people behind the organization and the community of people who support it. It's been really, really, really like an awesome experience for me. That kind of leads into our next question from Mark. What has been your favorite moment or experience since joining the nation team? You know, I got to see the pond hockey tournament that we just experienced because we were all there bonding. It was great food, great, like the the content we created, the pregame show that we did was awesome. Uh, Talking to the on the bench guys and just hanging out with everyone in the mountains was, was a really, really awesome experience. And I I was talking to Jam like next year we got to go like, you know, we got to do like a one hour pregame mm-hmm. show and have like a desk and have people coming in and out. Like the view was so cool that, you know, we got to, we got to do more of that. So it's just, it's fun to see like everything we're doing. And then th- the next time it comes around, like what we could do, that's even more. And exactly like you said, the world cup's coming around and we have so many soccer people on our team, you we know, was myself and anyone else who wants to, you know, join in on the conversation that, there's just so much opportunity for content creation, which is what I love the most about what we're doing is that there is no ceiling. It's like, if we want to try something, let's do it. And I think that's the coolest part. Well, for me, that's always been the thing. I'm closing in on 10 years now with the nation. And it's always been since I started, just don't leave the bat on the shoulder, take a swing. If it doesn't work, that's fine. But at least we're trying stuff. And we've tried a lot of stuff that's failed and, you know, Hopefully and more stuff that works. Bang Milk, I want to give you a shout out. And I'm not just saying this because it's your podcast, but you are like the MVP of this team because you do everything. Like everything goes through you. Every you you do, you make sure everything runs perfectly. Uh, you know, I always say to Mikey, I'm like Bag Milk's, you know, the the unsung hero and the MVP of this team. Well, thank you for saying that. You're welcome. Uh, just take the compliment. I will, I will take all the pandering on my <laughs> podcast that I can get. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned our boy was yeah he asked a question you're gonna have to help me with the pronunciation on this one okay so everybody who's listening to this probably already knows about the beat cast the shtick is oilers lose i eat beats i hate them i really hate them so was asked caroline should we get bag milk to try broski so borscht is how you'd say it in English. Borscht is how you'd say it in Polish. Very Polish is such a hard language. So don't even worry about um, trying to pronounce anything. But borscht is one of my favorite soups in the entire world. Polish people eat it often, but it's like our signature dish on Christmas. Uh, like one of our signature soups on Christmas. And it's so freaking good. So next time, I think what we have to do is next time, like, or I think Waz's mom makes really good bosch. We have to bring you, we have to bring you a bowl of bosch and you have to try it in the soup because it's so it's the flavors are so good. And it's just like such a nice meal to have in the winter because it's hearty and warm and there's potatoes in there and your beets, but there's, it's just a different type of food as opposed to just eating beets. So you have to try it. And if you don't like it, that's okay, but you have to try it. I'm down to try anything. In okay. fact, over the, I've been doing this stupid bit now for four or five years, I think. And I've had people send me their grandma's homemade beets. I've had borscht from different places. Um, Waz is talking about some shredded beets and you're talking about, I'm down to try anything. Probably won't be did my you, favorite, but I'm in. Did you like the borscht when you tried the soup? It's not really my jam. Uh, to okay. be honest, the consistency is not really what I want in a soup, but again, I'm, I'm down to try anything and I'm down to try different flavors and whatever. Do you like pickles? Of course. Okay. So Polish people make the best pickle soup. And I know that sounds weird, but it's 
actually my favorite soup in the entire world. So much so that when my mom comes here, I always request it. So I'm going to bring you, we need to have like a Polish soup tasting day. And you tell me, okay, yeah, we got to do something like that because I'm a, uh, soups are my favorite. Naturally, when you're Polish, there's a soup with every meal. So I got to at least, uh, if you don't like bash, I'll, I'll get you on something else. I'm down to try anything. I, I did a lot of traveling when I was in my early twenties and that was always, I spent a lot of time in Thailand and that was always one of the people nice. they, they would love just giving me stuff without telling me what it was. Cause I'm just like, oh, whatever down the hatch, if you're eating it, I'll eat it. And so I've had some weird ones. I'll do, I'll eat anything. I'll eat What's your favorite food in Thailand? Cause I want to go there so badly. Oh, they, their curries are amazing. Pad Thai is obviously oh. legendary. Um, yes. Like their, their cashew dishes, cashew chicken is incredible. Massaman curry is one of my favorites. Uh, just noodle soups, kind of like a Vietnamese pho. Um, their fresh veggie, it, you name it. I'll just, Oh go my gosh. All in Why'd you it. come back? If I were you, I would have stayed there and, and ate like a King my whole life. I ran out of money. money. That happens, hey? Happens to the best of us. Uh, If behind the scenes, people may not know this, Caroline, but your fiance, Physio Mike, and I are developing a bromance. I'm working on him to get some projects going. So he submitted a question as well. He wants to know what is it like living or what is it like surviving relentless brainwashing from her fiance to become an Oilers fan? Mike, it kills me. First of all, Mike loves you, by the way. We tune into every single beat cast. And our favorite bagged milk is, is an angry bagged milk because oh, you so go off the rails and I love it. The one tweet about Arby's, what was it? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I do. It was Ryan Strom is scoring points against the Edmonton Oilers. Against the Edmonton Oilers. Meanwhile, Ryan Spooner is struggling to keep up with orders at the Arby's drive-thru. <laughs> Honest to God, I couldn't breathe when I was reading it. And Mike and I were like, we love this guy. We love Beg Monk. So yeah, Mike, Mike's claim to fame, whenever he talks to anyone, he loves telling people that he brainwashed me. And, uh, you know, he, he tell, he, the reason why I fell in love with Edmonton is he took me to West Edmonton mall once and said that this is the best place to be. <laughs> he showed me the, the metal, the metal bat, the metal baseball bat. Yeah. Did he push it around? Uh, God, no. Cause I, <laughs> I have a feeling that wouldn't be sanitary. So, uh, but he told me that, you know, no one has this. And then he showed me the, the metal balls. Oh, the talus balls. Yeah. Yeah. The talus balls. And he was like, you know, only Edmonton has stuff like this. And then I tried a donair and I was sold. So, you know, between the brainwashing and all of the unbelievable monuments that, that Edmonton has to offer, uh, I was sold. And, and then, you know, obviously the Toronto Maple Leafs, I will always cheer for in my heart of hearts, but it's been so hard to like, not get behind the Edmonton Oilers because Edmonton just, is so fun. Like, it's just such a fun, I think what really made me fall in love with the Oilers again is the online community. Like you guys have a gift for everything and you have a meme for everything. And like watching the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, Jack Campbell, our goalie is called soup. Right. And I'm like, if he was an Edmonton Oiler, there'd be a thousand memes of his face on like a Campbell soup immediately. Like it, it just, there would be shirts and everything. And in Toronto, there isn't anything like that. So the community of Oilers Nation makes it so fun to follow the team. Like our girl Kennedy at Oilers Nation, who I freaking love She's and who best. is so talented. Her Leon Dreisaitl, you, you hot biatch. I don't want to swear on this podcast just in case. Like all of those memes kill me. She's so funny. And I think that when 
it's, it's just impossible not to cheer for them when, when the team is so like when, when the community is so awesome, hopefully the team will now continue being awesome. (laughs) A big game tonight, obviously against the caps, which hopefully they, they find a way to win, but Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just Mike brainwashed me at the beginning, but now I'm, I'm, you know, two feet in. So talking about being a fan of the Edmonton Oilers, it is hard to talk about that without talking about the stress that comes with being a fan of the Edmonton Oilers. They've been bad for so long, but then they're good. And then sometimes they're bad again. It's stressful. So I want to talk to you about what you do to kind of unwind, de-stress, turn the brain off for a little bit. Another thing that you and I connected on was I was probably tweeting dumb shit about 90 Day Fiance. It is one of my favorite shows on earth. I love to turn that on and just see you later world for two, two hours, because it's one of those shows where it's silly. It's nonsense. I love weirdos. It's full of it. So we connected on this show. What is it about 90 day fiance? This is part one, part two. What do you do to unwind? What is it about the show that you like from your perspective? I love 90 day fiance. My mom loves it. My mother-in-law loves it. We're just like obsessed. I don't know what it is about the show. (laughs) But it's just constant entertainment. And I mean that in yes. like the kindest way possible, but it's, um, it's just, you can't, every time you watch an episode, there's always something that makes you like your head turn being like, how is this happening? And I find, I find that if I'm having a stressful day in my life or with my day to day, it's nice to turn on a TV show where you, you don't have to like worry about your life. You're just nope. in a, in a state of being present and wondering how TLC has created such a show. <laughs> they used to be the learning channel once upon a time. We talked about that. I remember when we were younger, it was like the learning channel. You'd learn about like wildlife and, and yeah. I don't know now. And like, it was like John and eight, uh, John and Kate plus eight. And now it's like, welcome to 90 day fiance and every spinoff we can do possible uh, mm-hmm. that just people can't, that we get hooked. Right. So my favorite was um, Lisa and Usman, just because Usman was just such a, he had like a soldier. What was he? Soldier Soldier boy. boy. Yeah. He had his (laughs) song for baby girl, Lisa, that killed me. Um, You know, my friends and I would constantly listen to it. It's just, you, you can't like, you become a fan and you, you root for some people and then other people you're like, ah, I don't get it. (laughs) It's, it's just an addiction to be quite honest. So I'm not on the season you're on, but my mom is. And my mom tells me every single day when we're on the phone that I have to start watching. You got it. It's the best. She tells me that it's just unbelievable, but I don't know. I'm stuck on the the seasons of like it can't get any better than Big Ed and Asuelo, and no, obviously, but that's what my mom said. So you know, maybe when I get back from vacation, I'll I'll put it on and and catch up with you, and we'll do another episode just completely dissecting each character in each relationship. I would love nothing more than to do a full <laughs> podcast on 90 day fiance, because I've got, I've, I've now hooked my girlfriend into it. And what's killing me is I'm two episodes behind. Cause we just haven't had that much time to sit and watch it. And it's, I, they're staring at me from the PVR. They're just like, you don't have to wait for her. <laughs> That's the worst. That was me with um, Ozark and my, I've, I'm all caught up on Ozark. Um, well, I'm on season two, uh, episode two of this current season, but Mike was watching the former season and I'm like, Oh my God, can we like, I just need to get to speed to it up. See- yeah. I'm like, we got to watch an entire season in one day. You have no choice. Uh, but Mike's not a big TV show guy. So I'm on uh, an Island on my own with that stuff, but I love Dozark too. I just finished it. Well, the first half of this last season. Oh my God. It's the best show. I'm, so let's I'm talk about that. that. 
Go ahead. Sorry. Let's talk about what you do to unwind because we are crossing off some TV. I like to doodle. When I was in high school, I used to doodle all over everything. And during the pandemic, I spent so much time in my house by myself. I needed stuff to kind of check out and not be thinking about everything in the news all the time. So I picked back up. I got a sketchbook and I doodle little drawings of characters or whatever. Do you have something like that where you just kind of, you can, like you said, be present, lock in for an hour and just either be creative or escape? I love that. Uh, you know, and I also think that when Frank's picks, when you draw the the logos, you do such a good job. You wouldn't even want to see what my logos look like. Cause I am not artistic at all. Like, yeah, you're so good at that. Mike, Mike is unbelievable. Mike can draw an entire portrait of cash and it looked like cash. This guy's good at everything. I'm not artistic, but I love to read. I love to like think about creating things. Um, like I'm, I'm good at social content and stuff like that, but I think to escape, I like to shut my phone off for a little sometimes because it's yes. especially with what we do bag milk. It's like, you're on your phone all the time yes. and you're keeping up with everything all the time that sometimes the next thing, you know, you're on TikTok for two hours and you're like, I'm giving my, and you see something stressful. And then all of a sudden you have stress. So I like to kind of detox from that. I love to read. Um, I love to, when it's warmer, because now it's disastrous in Edmonton. Um, I like to go for, <laughs> honest to God, I like to go for walks uh, with Cashy. I think that's a big one. And I always listen to positive affirmations. So if I start to like really get stressed, I like to just put positive stuff in my mind. And I, I, then I kind of course correct my thoughts because I can get pretty bad anxiety at times about things. And I just need to like snap out of it. So reading and going outside and being active are like my two things that really help me, um, get away from it all, which is, and and honestly, I can really shut down watching TV. TV for me is therapeutic. It's, um, mindless, but it's something I can turn on and just for like two or three hours, forget about everything that's going on. And that doesn't, and that's not sports. Like I sports, I, I like to watch, but it's not like, therapeutic for me therapeutic for me is 90 day fiance is ozark succession which i'm just about to finish so that that helps me too once again i told you that we're doing 30 minutes and we're running long so we're gonna go to i gotta ask you about this bit so so far this is episode five five weeks in a row now i'm talking groceries with people because when i was a kid just to recap just bring it up to speed if you're new when I was a kid, I used to eat a ton of cheese, tons. And then as an adult, I realized how expensive cheese is. It's $9, $10, $12 a block. If you're getting fancy cheese like Gregor did a couple uh, weeks ago, we're talking even more than that. So for Caroline, I want to know you as an adult, you're out there grocery shopping. What are some things that maybe you took advantage of as a kid when you were eating at home where now you're like, you know what? I don't really want to buy that bowl of cherries because that bag is $15. I love this question. And honestly, when I first read it, the first thing that came to mind was almonds. And when I was young, to buy a bag of almonds are so expensive to buy a bag of almonds, you're you're basically taking out a mortgage. I've, when I, when I bought my first bag of almonds and I went to the, to the checkout line, I was like, pardon I'm paying this much for almonds. Now, when I was a kid, I ate chocolate covered almonds. I still do do this. It's probably my favorite thing to eat is a chocolate covered almond. Um, but I remember the first time trying to be healthy, like, you know, five, six almonds a day, it's supposed to give you everything you need. And I'm like, okay, I'm on my health kick. And I'm like, holy 
crap. This is how much it costs. So that's the first thing that popped into my mind because that was my first big girl experience at the grocery store where I realized life isn't cheap. <laughs> and yes. to buy an almond, which is supposed to be like, you know, you get your proteins and your fats and all that stuff. It, it cost me an arm and a leg. We're obviously like you know, you got to budget all this stuff. And I was like, are almonds worth it? I'll I'll just go to Costco, grab a big bag of chocolate covered almonds. It won't give me the nutritional value, but I'll, I'll at least be, you know, a little richer than I was buying your natural organic almonds. That's the same thing for me with pistachios. I love pistachios and you go to buy a tiny little bag of them. And they're like, that'll be (laughs) $68,000. Oh, Okay. Yeah, seriously. And can we have information on your house and car just in case you can't afford these? You know, we'll we'll take everything from you. It's just honest to God, like an investment. It's an investment to go buy nuts. So that was my biggest thing. And also sidebar, I was I remember when I was little wanting so badly, um, like Sunny D and um <laughs> Lunchables. And I don't know if anyone I still remembers. eat Lunchables. Yes, I still those, eat Lunchables. So it was like loaves of wonder bread that were multicolored. I don't know if I'm, if I'm the only one, cause I asked Mike about this the other day. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but there was like multicolored rainbow wonder bread. And I remember being like, mom, I need to have this. Cause every person came to school with this multicolored wonder bread. But my mom, cause we're Polish was like, absolutely not. You know how many chemicals are in there. And I'd go to, I'd go to school with my Polish bread, which was like a different kind of bread with like butter and cheese and um, like, turkey breast or whatever, uh, which was obviously really good, but I was like obsessed with wanting Lunchables and the multicolored wonder bread and sunny D, which I was never allowed because it's talk, like it's actually chemicals. And now I look back on it and I'm like, why did I ever want that? Like I would never (laughs) touch that right now. I would never, ever, ever eat that. But it's just so funny as a kid, you see something, it's the commercials, right? The commercials made you want everything. Uh, and I was like, Whoa, like I need like sunny, you know, the sunny D commercials, the kids are playing soccer in the backyard and they come in and like chug sunny D it's the most refreshing looking drink ever. (laughs) which recently I actually tried sunny D and I'm like, this is absolute like, it's very mediocre at best. Yeah, it's there mediocre. is not the refreshment where you come in and mom hands you a glass and you're just like, this is exactly what my body needed today. Yeah. Honest to God, it's like your daily monthly intake of sugar, I'm sure, in one bottle. So it's just so funny. Kids, as kids, we have no idea. And then we grow up and we're like, okay, this is healthy. This isn't healthy. This is expensive. And yeah, this is not worth it. So almonds are my answer to your question. <laughs> Do you have any guilty pleasure foods though like that? Because you mentioned Lunchables. I am 36 years old and there's no reason on this earth that I should be buying as many Lunchables as I do. Maybe it's why I love charcuterie boards now as an adult, but I always wanted Lunchables. And my dad said, no, I'm not paying four or five dollars for what or whatever they are. So now, especially if I had a couple of cocktails, I will go to a store and I'll load up on them. (laughs) If I could tell you how many times I've eaten Lunchables in the back of an Uber or a cab, and they just look around. They turn around. They're like, "What are you doing back there?" I don't I know. It. It's a guilty pleasure. Do you have anything like that? Oh my god, do I? I'm. I love food. Like it's a problem. Food for me is just. It's honestly self care. Uh, pizza for me is my number one. If people ask me what's one food that you could eat for the rest of your life and never get sick of, it's pizza. Um, pizza what's your go to flavor? Uh, I was just like a simple cheese, but I don't. I'm not against like any, I love stuff on my pizza, but if it was like for the rest of my life, pizza and a creamy garlic dipping sauce, and I'm Mm. the happiest person, uh, I love, but you know what? Like poutines. I love poutines. I love everything that's unhealthy chips. All dressed chips are my favorite. 
uh, chocolate covered almonds. And yeah, I don't know. I just, pizza for me is, and you know what though? Donaires, donaires since I got here have really like, now when Mike's like, you want a donaire? I, I won't say no, which to me, I'm starting to realize is one of my guilty pleasures. So yeah. That's oh, adopting and- it into the Edmonton lifestyle. Costco, Costco to me is like, you talk about being a grown up and going to Costco. Now I understand why my parents always wanted to go and like eat there. It's the, the good hot dog, a good slice of pizza. You get the best fries ever. Good chicken strips. Mm-hmm. So anything on the Costco menu too, whenever I go grocery shopping, it like weighs, I hate shopping at Costco cause it's insane. It's an experience, yes. but then eating there after it makes, it weighs it out. It balances it. It really does. I mean, the dollar fifty hot dog combo is legendary. Um, my problem when I go to Costco is my other guilty pleasure is candy. I love it. Can't get enough yeah. candy, and they've got like the twelve ton bags of sour dinosaurs. Yes, I will murder those. So I just have to avoid the whole area entirely. I'm just like, this is not happening. I've already got two thousand dollars worth of groceries that I didn't need. But hey, <laughs> who doesn't need six oh tons God. of ketchup? Costco is oh, so it. dangerous. That was me with sour keys at Costco. I, bu- I bought a massive tub one day and I'm like, man, am I going to eat these? And the next thing you know, I was eating like 40 sour keys a day. And I'm like, this isn't really good for me. <laughs> uh, the absolute best being an adult, but still being a child. Right. Caroline, thank you so much for jumping on with me. I kept you longer than I said I would, but that seems like tradition on this podcast. Thank you so much for jumping on. Such a pleasure. And I can't wait to do it again when we, when I'm all cut up on 90 day fiance. I can't wait for that podcast. Enjoy your holiday. Thank you. A little vacay. I'm very jealous considering where you're going and what I'm looking at outside my window right now. So please go. I promise to enjoy. I'll bring the sun and the warm weather back with me. Recharge the crystals because we're going to need them down the stretch. (laughs) A lot of games for the Oilers coming up. Awesome. Thank you. Super pumped to have Caroline on the podcast. She's absolutely the best. I, I love working with her. Her drive is incredible. I love it. I love it. But I'm happy now that I get to welcome a new sponsor to the podcast. Our friends at Rig Hand Distilleries are back. You may have known them from the Brumcast a few years ago when the Oilers would win. They'll be back on the Bcast again tonight as the new title sponsor. They are here on episode five of Better Late Than Never to sponsor everybody's favorite segment, the voicemail. Welcome to the Rig Hand Distillery voicemail, everybody. Turn that down a little bit. I got a lot of voicemails to get to. I don't know if I'll be able to play them all before the Oilers game, but I'm going to try my best. Thank you guys for leaving me messages. I think this is easier now that I've got the link tree, right? I think it's a little bit easier. All right, I'm going to turn this music off. All right, there we go. Welcome to the Rig Hand Distillery voicemail. I've got a lot to get to here. And we're going to start off with a clip from Andrew, who chimed in. Here's number one. What's going on, Bag Milk? I've always been curious what your real name is. Uh, I have like a Oilers take slash question. I'm recording this on Tuesday, January 25th. So what is, didn't I just, when did I record the last one? What was the date last? Like, what is, I feel like the 25th of February. Yeah, that, that was in the last week. Why do I keep doing this? Why do I not understand how to do this? All right, let's try clip two. Hey, DM, it's Barry McCockiner from the Beer Hunter. <laughs> Sorry to contact you this way, but I lost your number. I am going to have to ask you to stop coming in, man. We have you on video trying to steal our ice machine. 
numerous times. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It has to stop, man. I got baby mamas to pay. <laughs> Someone stole my truck nuts. I need to fix my tribal tattoo. <laughs> I can't afford to replace a nice machine. I can't afford this shit. So stop it, man. Please. Where do you guys even get these robot voices? I have no idea what's going on. I would love to steal an ice machine, though. We were talking about that last week. If I was going to come up with a heist for the boys to join together, that's what I would do. Hey, BM. Chubby Cox <laughs> from the Edmonton Star Metro. Quick question. <laughs> Fuck, Mary kill. Baby-faced, lovable Oz. Roadie buddy, associate, and hero Tyler. Or your sponsor, Arcadia Brewing, who were kind people? Oh... Come on, you're gonna give me an F Mary Kill on those? Uh I'll F I'll I'll take I'll take Arcadia to bed any day of the week. They're fine folks. Super handsome. Absolutely. Arcadia, I hope you take that as a compliment, because that's how I mean it. I will kill Tyler. I will kill Tyler. I mean somebody has to do it. And I'll marry Wasp, because you know what? He's a lovable character. Why wouldn't I want to? Next clip's from Chandler. Let's check it out. Alright, so I've got a game of start, bench, and cut for you here. Oh, same thing. The Tip Stash, Jujar's Movember Stash, and Nuge's Playoff Stash. Good luck. Oh, I start Nuge's Stash all day. He's got a greasy little duster coming in right now. I don't know what the fest, uh, I don't know what the, uh, the occasion is, but I'll take that all day. And you know what? I will bench Dave Tippett's mustache because if he brings that thing in, I feel like that could be the turning point in all of our seasons, but I don't know. So I guess I'll have to cut Jujars, although that mustache, we never, we don't really get the Jujar mustache all that often. It's more of a full beard guy, but uh, I would absolutely love to see that. You're listening to Better Late Than Never with Bagged Milk. He's milkier. <laughs> what is that? What was that? One more time. You're listening to Better Late Than Never with Bagged <laughs> Milk. All right, I gotta try. He's milkier. That last part is weird, but I think I might keep that one. I might keep that one, but I think Andrew Andrew left a bunch of clips here. Is this are we? Is this the same thing? Good afternoon. <laughs> the only thing you should be doing is listening to bagged milk with his exceptional snobbiness. Let's go there. Good afternoon. This is bagged milk. He's milkier. Oh my god. Dude, these are unbelievable. Unbelievable. What are we I got I got a whole bunch from you. Like are these all the same thing? You're listening to Vessely <laughs> than Never from Bagged Milk. I love the deliveries. He's that one is that one's slightly upsetting look it's me or you it's barely over it's bad milk we all know it you know it <laughs> let's sort out let's go oilers wow Andrew just keeps pumping these things and I've got two more here good afternoon <laughs> you are listening to bagged milk with Better late than never. I've got a feeling. I, I got a feeling. I know what this next clip is. Hello, you. Oh wow, your ears look fantastic. <laughs> You're listening <laughs> to Better Late Than Never 
My bagged milk. Yes. You're sexy as well. Oh, yes. I am definitely keeping that one. Andrew, that one is a winner. I'm, Rig Hand, welcome to the podcast, because you just you picked a hell of a week to jump on. One more time from this one by Andrew. Hello, you. Oh, wow. Your ears look fantastic. You're listening <laughs> to Better Late Than Never by Bagged Milk. Yes. You're sexy as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right, that's the last one from Andrew. Again, if you don't know the bit, I don't really listen to these ahead of time. I just organize them by whoever submits them. So the bulk of them on my board, they're just, it says anonymous. It has nothing to it. But Andrew put his name on those. So I'm going to keep a couple of those, Andrew. Thank you very much. Those are definitely going to go on the board somewhere. I, maybe this one's a real question. Maybe it's not. I have no idea. Hey, Bag Milk. Just wondering if you're going to have Tyler on as a guest again. Yeah, of course. I mean, you want to know what's interesting? If you want to go behind the scenes on Better Late Than Never a little bit, Tyler's episode with me is the most downloaded episode of the podcast so far. And that could be just because people are finding it. That could just be because people are now discovering that he and I have a little bromance going. But it could also be that everybody just loves our content. So will I have Tyler back on? 100%. 100%. Last clip for the voicemail presented by Rick Hand Distillers. Hey, man, I love whenever we get a little uh, peek behind the curtain at Oilers Nation and learn about some of the history. Uh, but how about we take a peek behind your curtain? What were you doing before you joined the nation? How, how did you get hired? Uh, let's have a swim in the deep end of bagged milk. Uh, that's a good question. What I was doing before I worked at Oilers Nation was I actually worked for a large, large company in its finance office. And for those of you that have known me as bag milk for a long time, it's, it's weird for a lot of people to hear that. But yeah, I was living the dream from the 1950s where I worked for a big corporation and I was kind of circling around the building <clears throat> slowly, but I was getting there and trying to move my way up you know, to get the benefits and maybe the com the corporate pension and all that kind of stuff. So I I was doing that and I knew Wanye and Jay for a while. I found Oilers Nation as a reader actually in about 2008. So very, very early on. The site was founded in 20, in 2007, but I found it about 2008 and I don't, I wasn't bag milk at first. I wish I could remember what my original commenter name was, but it wasn't bag milk. I can tell you that much. And then when I transferred well, became bag milk, I guess, was um, it was it was a handle that I had for other things that I was doing, but then I turned it into the Oilers thing. So I became a commenter. I started to get a little bit of traction on some of the comments I was I was posting. Wanye asked me if I want to write a weekly. I used to write a weekly on Oilers Nation called the Righteous Sack Beating, which was basically me just venting for a thousand words. Kind of like what I'm doing right now, but it was in written form. So that was my first kind of gig with Oilers Nation. And then that grew into eventually running the Twitter account. <clears throat> Meanwhile, I still had this full-time job at this, at this, at the company before. So I was doing all this kind of stuff afterwards. I did a lot of stuff for free. I did a lot of stuff just because I would have probably would have been doing it anyway, right? Like this podcast is something that. I've just been doing anyway. So to have Arcadia and now Righand join on as sponsors is pretty fucking cool because like I said, this is something that I would have been doing either way. So 
when it came to Oilers Nation, I was running Twitter. I was making jokes. At that time, the Oilers Nation Twitter was just posting articles, just auto-posting articles, and there was no personality on it. So I took it from where it was at the time, which was about 5,000 followers, up to about 40. That was before the first ban we got. And once that happened, we started having more real conversations about whether or not I could have a bigger role within the company. It, at first, I came in. I was managing social media accounts for third-party clients. Uh, I was doing car dealerships. I was handling the pints, Instagram and Twitter. I was doing a bunch of that kind of stuff. It was almost like piecemeal work that they could put together to be able to pay my, just to pay me a wage. So I would do whatever was needed. And then eventually that kind of graduated into me editing Oilers Nation instead of just writing it because Jonathan Willis was doing a lot of that stuff originally. So I went to, I was a contributor. I'd start doing things like the mailbag and that kind of thing that I still do. And then, I took over as the editor position because Willis got too big, uh, too busy, I should say. And then he had other things going on and eventually joined the athletic. So I started doing that. And then eventually the full-time role grew into much more than that where now I have a bunch of meetings behind the scenes that you guys probably don't know that I do. I still manage a bunch of social media accounts for the network. I do all the bag milk stuff as kind of like my fun play place. And that's what I love to do. And that's why I do this podcast and I like to, you know, I like to talk to you guys and see what you're thinking about things. And I like to just create. So I think that's probably a long-winded answer to your question. But to recap, the TLDR version. I used to work at a big company. I was trying to live the dream from the 1950s. I had benefits. Now I'm bag milk. All happened over the course of about 10 years. Right? Right. And there you have it for the Rig Hand Distillery voicemail. Oh man, this this one just goes and goes, doesn't it? I probably should clip this. Rig Hand Distillery. Did you know this is what you were paying for? Rickhand Distillery, go check them out everywhere on Instagram. But this specific podcast is brought to you by the Rickhand Distillery Double Double. If you've ever had Double Double in your coffee, it is a game changer, folks. I've got a bottle that I'm looking at on the table. And again, I understand that you guys can't see it, but it's sitting in front of me and it makes me want to make coffee at 414 on a Wednesday afternoon. I'm not going to do it, but I would like to. Maybe I'll wait until Saturday before the skills competition. I'll just have some double-double in my coffee. Delicious. Go check out Rig Hand Distillery. Get yourself a bottle. Or get yourself some brum. Either way. I want to thank Rig Hand Distillery for jumping on as a brand new sponsor to the podcast. standing ovation for Rick Hand Distillery and then meanwhile they listen back and they're like we get the voicemail and that's what we get that's not the one I meant to but everybody loves the voicemail everybody loves the voicemail and I have to go because I don't have very much time to try and edit the audio and figure out how to piece this all together So I've got to go because we've got 45 minutes until the Oilers game starts. Now, should I give a score prediction? They're playing Washington. Got to say a 4-2 win, right? Oilers, 
find a way to pull it out. 4-2 win for the boys. And I am fired up about it. I'm excited about it. And I think that that's what's going to happen. I think that the Oilers are going to win. And I think that this is going to be one of those games that starts to turn it all around. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah! Lil John thinks I'm right. And before that, I want to say thank you to all of you again. If you missed the rules on the Arcadia contest that I launched a little bit earlier, you're going to want to rewind and listen to what I said because this contest is going to be an easy one to win. You don't have to do a whole lot. You really, really don't. I'm making this as easy as possible, and I want to say thank you to Arcadia Brewing for being the title sponsor of the podcast. Go to ArcadiaYeg.com. Check out all the details and things that they're working on. Also check them out on Twitter at Arcadia Brew Co., Arcadia Brewing Co. on Instagram. With that, we're going to wrap up episode five of Better Late Than Never. Keep leaving the voicemails. The link is everywhere. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Tell your friends. Leave me reviews. I'm going to start reading some reviews. I noticed that the Apple podcast is getting some reviews, so I'm going to start reading those. I'll do that next week. And I still have yet, I, I know I promised you guys, a emergency reaction episode. I'm going to have one of those coming as soon as I possibly can as well. All right? So that concludes episode five. Look out for more content from me. Real Life Tomorrow, Oilers Nation Radio on Friday. And again, thank you guys all for being you because Oilers Nation just set a traffic record in January of 2022, which is pretty fucking cool considering there were there were barely any games played. So with that, I'm going to say thank you, thank you, thank you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.